You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. The UK's Labour Party says it was hacked, but unsuccessfully. The Lazarus Group seems to be back out and about and apparently interested in India. The platinum threat actor continues to prospect Southeast Asian targets with stealthy malware and a new backdoor. Baran tries to take black market share in the ransomware-as-a-service market. Paycard standard compliance is down. And is that a spy ship we see, or are you just looking at the seabed? All for science. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, November 12, 2019. The United Kingdom will hold elections on December 12th, and this morning the Labour Party said it had sustained what it characterized as a sophisticated and large-scale cyber attack. That attack failed, Labour says, thwarted by the cyber defenses the party had put in place, and that it's referred the matter to the National Cybersecurity Center. North Korean cyber operations received renewed attention from both the U.S. and India since late last week. U.S. Cyber Command posted seven malware samples to Virus Total. The malware is associated with Hidden Cobra, the Lazarus Group, and Cyber Command says they've been used for fund generation and malicious cyber activities, including remote access, beaconing, and malware command. Financial crime in particular has been characteristic of Pyongyang's cyber operations, And so the motive here, fund generation, is a familiar one. The motives in the other suspected North Korean attacks are less clear. Reports continue to link North Korean cyber operators to recent incidents at Indian's Kudam Kulam nuclear power plant. What the Lazarus Group was after, assuming the attribution that's being widely circulated in the press holds up, remains unclear. As ZDNet pointed out two weeks ago, The operation could have been espionage, reconnaissance, staging, or simply collateral damage from some other campaign. In any case, Indian authorities continue to reassure the public that only administrative systems and not control systems were affected by the D-Track malware found at Kudan Kulam. More curiously, ISRO, the Indian Space Research Organization, was also warned of a D-Track infestation believed to be of North Korean origin. The warning arrived during the space agency's Chandrayaan-2 lunar mission, which failed when controllers lost contact with the spacecraft during its September 6th landing attempt. Again, the motive for attack is unclear, as is the effect, if any, it might have had on the flight. ISRO has been relatively tight-lipped about the cause of the lander's failure. It is, we should note, the landing that failed. Chandrayaan's lunar orbiter is up and working, sending data back to ISRO's ground station. Bleeping Computer reports that the threat actor Microsoft tracks as Platinum is using a new stealthy backdoor. 
Following its preferred metallurgical conventions, Microsoft calls the backdoor titanium. Platinum is usually described as a shadowy group, probably criminal, that operates against targets in South and Southeast Asia. Its usual sectors of interest, according to Microsoft, are governmental organizations, defense institutes, intelligence agencies, diplomatic institutions, and telecommunication providers, which is an unusual target set for a purely criminal organization. Titanium is installed in a multi-stage process that includes several forms of obfuscation, representing itself variously as security software, audio drivers, or DVD burning tools. McAfee researchers note that Buran, a Russian-speaking gang offering a variant of Vega Locker ransomware, is competing in the ransomware-as-a-service market by cultivating customer relationships and offering competitive discounts. So, the black market sees marketing techniques familiar in legitimate markets. Buran, which means blizzard in Russian, is advertised as an attack tool that can't be used against the Confederation of Independent States, that is, against a group of nine countries that were formerly Soviet republics. The Confederation of Independent States was a Russian attempt to create an analog of the British Commonwealth, but not all former Soviet republics are members. In any case, Buran's marketing seems on this point to be disingenuous. Buran does indeed check to see if a machine is in Russia, Belarus, or Ukraine, and if the malware finds that this is so, it simply exits. But that leaves out seven Confederation members, and Ukraine, while a founder of the CIS, has never been a member. And the discounting? Most ransomware-as-a-service controllers take 30 to 40 percent of their affiliates' earnings, Buran is content with a modest 25%. Smarter ASP sustained a ransomware attack late Sunday, posting status updates to its site and Facebook pages. The hosting service tweeted over the weekend that its first priority is restoring its data servers. As of yesterday, Smarter ASP said that it had recovered some 95% of its servers. The company has been reassuring its customers that their data will be decrypted, and it's asked them for their patience. Verizon has issued its 2019 Payment Security Report. It's not particularly encouraging. Taking compliance with the Payment Card Industry Data Security Standard as a rough index of payment security health, Verizon finds that compliance peaked in 2016 and has been falling off since. And that's just compliance. As good as the PCI DSS is, and as important as it is to comply with it, compliance isn't sufficient for security. Verizon points out that many organizations seem to think that they can follow a step-by-step recipe to protect data, but unfortunately, quote, in the real world, solutions are not simple, requiring complex paths with nonlinear progression, end quote. And to judge by falling compliance rates, they're not even following the recipe particularly well. And finally, a Russian Navy vessel, the Yantar, has appeared in the Caribbean a few months after dropping off open-source ship-tracking systems. The Russian Navy carries Yantar on its books as an oceanographic research vessel operated by the main directorate of deep-water research. Like the way the old U.S. Glomar explorer was engaged in deep-water mining of manganese nodules... Any, say, Soviet missile submarines it might or might not have picked up were just so much gravy. 
Forbes and others calls that oceanographic research stuff a euphemism and says that Yantar's stock in trade actually consists in deploying and servicing undersea sensors and, of more interest probably to you, placing taps on undersea cables. Whatever she was up to, suspicious eyes see some sort of search pattern. But we hope the crews enjoy the trip. Trinidad and Tobago are lovely this time of year. Or so we hear. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging and time-consuming. Enter Vanta. Vanta gives you one place to centralize and scale your security program, quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for ISO 27001, SOC 2, and more. You can leverage Vanta's market-leading trust management platform to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. CyberWire daily listeners can get $1,000 off by going to vanta.com slash cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash cyber. In the dynamic world of enterprise security, identity architects and IT leaders face a major challenge. Growth by repeated acquisitions multiplies the complexity of everything. Multiple IDPs, MFA providers, policy engines that all need to coexist. This can lead to fragmented user identities and policies that create security vulnerabilities and add access friction. Strata Identity solves this. Now you can decommission unneeded IDPs and consolidate the ones you'd like to keep without rewriting apps or disrupting users, engineers, and app owners. Plus, Strata's modular architecture makes it easy to integrate with any identity provider without manual maintenance and coding. Join the ranks of cybersecurity leaders using identity orchestration, Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your top identity security priorities, and receive a pair of complimentary AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Step into a new era of identity management at strata.io slash cyberwire. And joining me once again is Joe Kerrigan. He's from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute, also my co-host on the Hacking Humans podcast. Joe, great to have you back. Hi, Dave. I've got a couple of uh, browser issues to talk about today. Yeah, last week was a big week for browser bugs. Yeah, well, get us started here. Where do we want to begin? Well, let's start with Firefox. All right. Because that's the one that uh, is still a problem as of this recording. So uh, there is a bug that is being exploited in the wild in Firefox that... Uh, allows a developer or you know a malicious developer to lock up the browser and make it so it doesn't work. Hmm. So it's being exploited right now in the field by scammers. These are tech support scammers. Mm. They will display a web page that says, I love the wording on this web page. It says, <laughs> please stop and do not close the PC. The registry key of your computer is locked. But yeah, that's not how registry keys work, right? right. That's not <laughs> how any of this works. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's a big pile of techno mumbo-jumbo designed to scare and confuse people. 
Right. And then they, they ask you to call in to a support phone they, number. Exactly. They ask you to call in. You cannot close the browser uh, through any of the standard interfaces. You mm -hmm. actually have to go and force quit the browser through your operating system. Right. And then when you load the browser again, if you have restore tabs on, which I actually do have restore tabs on in my browser. But yeah. yeah. By, in Firefox, by default, that's disabled. You're back in the same boat because mm. the web page loads again. Now, Ars Technica says that you have to close it quickly, right, before it has a chance <laughs> to load. But you can also just disconnect from the internet, disconnect from your network. Uh, mm. You know, turn your turn your Wi-Fi off or pull the pull the network out, and then go ahead and load the browser and wait for it. It, it won't find any pages, and then you can just close the page before it loads, and then yeah. reconnect to the to your network, and you're good to go. So there is a workaround. Firefox is uh, the Mozilla project is aware of the problem, and they're working on a patch for it right now. Fix it. This is cross-platform? Uh, it is cross-platform. This one works on Windows and Mac versions of this uh, of this uh, browser. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, there's another one, uh, some news about Chrome. This is a big one about Chrome, uh, and you should update your Chrome right away. Kaspersky Labs came found this was being exploited in the wild. This was a zero day that nobody knew about. This is the perfect example of why zero days are so bad. Mm -hmm. When someone visited a site, if the site has this malicious script on it, it would be a third-party script. It would load to see if the machine was worth attacking, hmm. according to this article on Tom's guide. Once it was determined, the malware would download to the machine and check again to see if you were running Chrome version 76 or 77 mm -hmm. and on a Windows box. Hmm. And then if, if, if it was, it would try to exploit the machine. Now, the, I don't know if the bug is specific to the Windows version of Chrome. It doesn't, it's not really clear, but the, they have patched for all the operating systems. And you can see the little uh, upgrade arrow in the Chrome window where the menu normally is. Uh, I recently up upgraded my Chrome because that, that was a little red arrow that came up mm -hmm. and said, hey, this upgrade is kind of important. Mm. <laughs> so Chrome does a good job. Google does a good job of keeping their, their browser up to date. Do you generally keep uh, auto-update on with something like Chrome? I do. I generally do. Yep. Yeah. And Firefox as well. I use Firefox. Uh, the problem is a lot of times you have to restart the browser in order to get those updates to go, and I, I keep my browsers open frequently yeah. for long periods of time. Yeah. So uh, when it when it's Chrome, I you do actually have to go through and, and update it. You have to shut it. You have to click the little arrow. It will shut down and open back up. All right. So there is a patch for this Chrome issue. There is a patch for the Chrome issue. Still waiting on Firefox. And it will be quick, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, good information. Go out there and make sure you're running the latest versions. And uh, if you're using Firefox, uh, be cautious until that patch comes out. Right. All right, Joe Kerrigan, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Dave. And that's the CyberWire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for CyberWire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.